passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode, episode 146 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. While the football season may be over, basketball is really full steam ahead. College hoops, March Madness is right around the corner. We've got conference championships coming up, NBA down the stretch they come. It's going to be playoffs before you know it. And Bet Online is the best place for all your betting action, not just for basketball, got hockey, boxing, UFC, you name it. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Head to the mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started with your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. With that said, episode 146 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. In the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop D-O-double-G But I somehow, someway keep coming up with funky-ass hits Like every single day May I kick a little something for the G's And make a few ends as I breeze through Two in the morning and the party still jumping Cause my mama ain't home I got some freaks in the living room getting it on And they ain't leaving till six All right, all right, all right Welcome back, episode 146 for the love of the game Quick turnaround from last episode. We've got Hometowns tonight recording on a Monday late afternoon. Hometowns tonight in The Bachelor. But there's some stuff in sports we wanted to talk about. We're going to talk to a recurring guest about LeBron James making way. He is a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers, so I wanted to get his perspective. He's coming up in just a little bit. But now that we're getting back in the swing of things with sports, just a couple of things to touch on first. Number one, the New York Rangers. Well, Last two games have been a little rough. A 1-0 loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins, 5-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Not a great stretch for the Rangers. They currently are third in the Metropolitan Division. Still, you know, very much solidified in a playoff spot. They're having trouble scoring in even strength, 5-on-5. It's a little concerning, but... Ultimately, you can't be too, too concerned, but it's just something to keep an eye on. It's something to keep an eye on because you can't just feast off the power play the way they have so far and expect to make a deep cup run. We'll see what happens with them, but I'm still very confident in their ability. They've played well all year, but it, it would be nice. It would be really nice down the stretch of this season to see them score some five-on-five goals and, and win games that way as opposed to just feasting on the power play. Couple of NBA thoughts before we get into tonight's discussion. 
first with the Knicks, right? Okay, so the Knicks are, catch this, one in six in their last seven games when they've had a 10-point lead. Do you know how terrible that is? Do you know how ridiculous that is? The fact that it's not just that they're bad, all right? They haven't been good this year. They are in a brutal stretch, and their strength of schedule is really difficult down the stretch. But it's not just the fact that they're bad. It's the fact that they show competency throughout the game, yet proceed to blow these games. That's a coaching problem, all right? Now, again, I've harped on this before, and I don't want to put, I should say, I don't want to take the front office and Leon Rose off the hook completely, right? They made a bet on Kemba Walker. It was a small bet, but it was a bet nonetheless, and it flopped, all right? He's been jettisoned away from the team. He His season is done. Didn't go well. Evan Fournier flopped. Julius Randle, the contract is looking worse and worse every day, and his effort comes and goes, and that's being kind. But right now, it's about coaching, okay? It's about coaching. You can't be blowing leads in this league and it just be all about the players. It's coaching, all right? There's no adjustments. There's no accountability. And the rotations that Tom Thibodeau has is disgusting, okay? The team clearly needs a point guard. Clearly needs a point guard. You've got some young options on the on the roster. Manual quickly. I know Derrick Rose just had a setback. He'll be back in one to two weeks. But Emmanuel quickly got Deuce McBride, who's showed flashes. Like, he might as well get a little bit of run. But no, what does Tom Thibodeau do, considering the Knicks are now over 10 games under 500 and fading fast, that their dream of getting in the play-in tournament is basically done? And not that I really care about the play-in tournament. At this point, it's about seeing the young players play. But what does Tibbs do? Tibbs continues to play Alec Burks, who's a backup shooting guard, small forward at point guard. Well, in the last game against the Philadelphia 76ers with the Knicks fought hard, Alec Burks had six points and zero assists. That's your point guard who's initiating offense. Zero assists. He played 34 minutes. What is he playing 34 minutes for? Why? Why? Well, what's the point? Why are we doing this? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That is what Tom Thibodeau is doing with his rotations, with Alec Burks playing 34 minutes a game at the point. Evan Fournier still getting over 30 minutes, and he he shot well against the Sixers, but he doesn't do anything. He's a terrible defensive player. But seriously, I've talked about all year how Tibbs has had a boner for playing Julius Randle like he's LeBron James. Well, his raging hard-on right now is for Alec Burks. Why? I don't understand. He just doesn't have a clue of where this team is. He doesn't have a clue, and he's stubborn to a fault. And I know they're not going to fire him right now with 25 games left in the season. I get it. But he needs to go. He needs to go in the offseason. All right? You're already hearing rumblings. William Wesley has his doubts. Leon Rose hasn't said much, which – is good. He doesn't really need to say much. Just 
let this ride out. But yeah, Tom Thibodeau has to go. Has to go. He's clueless. He's absolutely clueless. And you've seen this before, all right? Year two Tibbs is always worse, okay? It happened in Minnesota. And the only reason why it didn't happen in Chicago was because Derrick Rose was so incredibly great early on and was an MVP, right, that he overcame all that. But then it went poorly in Chicago too. Like, we've seen this. He's not, and that, again, was over 10 years ago. The game has changed. It's time for the Knicks to get rid of this guy. You can't say it more succinctly than that. He just doesn't have a clue of where the team is, okay? His refusal to play young players when the season is at this stage is insane. It was insane earlier on when they were in the mix and the bench, which was comprised of young players, is outperforming the starters. But no, it's the same bullshit with him. I've had it. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. On the bright side, I mean, R.J. Barrett, over his last five games, is averaging close to 30 points, shooting close to 45% from the field, and is just playing great. Looks like he could be a real player in this league. And Friday night, he had the magical 46-point game against Miami, a game where the Knicks led by double digits and then proceeded to lose. But I'm tired of my friends just telling me about, and Knicks Twitter telling me about, wins and losses don't matter anymore, and it's all about R.J. Barrett and and quickly and, and their progression as players and them getting better. And I get all that. But the goal is to win, okay? The goal is to win. If you put up numbers and they don't result in wins, it doesn't mean shit, all right? I'm not saying R.J. Barrett is putting up empty calorie stats. It's not what I'm saying. But the point of playing sports is to win. Now, again, not every situation is the same. Right now, the Knicks aren't in a situation where they're going to be winning at a high clip. But don't tell me that the result in these games is meaningless. You, Herm Edwards said, I, I can't believe I'm going to quote this in with a straight face, but you play to win the game. Just think about it this way, right? Think about it. If the Knicks could close out these games where they've had double-digit leads, they'd be in the mix. They'd be in the mix, and we'd be thinking about them in a totally different light, all right? And I understand. I get it. They're Flawed. It's a flawed roster. Julius Randle's not that guy. He's proven it this year. He's turned into a pumpkin. I get it. But don't tell me that we have to be super, super excited as fans. 46-point game in a loss. Especially the guy who dropped 46 has struggled from the free throw line all year and has been saying, you know, I've been struggling from the free throw line. It bothers me. Fix the damn problem. Okay? You have control. You have control to fix the problem. Fix. The problem, and I'm not saying R.J. Barrett doesn't have the ability to fix the problem. He does, and I'm not saying that he's not going to work at it. He is. We've seen that he has great work ethic. But this defeatist attitude that the results of these games don't matter is just insane, all right? It's insane. Yes, the Knicks need to develop young talent. Yes, they don't have a roster right now that is going to win at a high level. But it should be better than this, okay? It should, because we've seen flashes of competence. 
And that is why there needs to be a coaching change. That is why. Now, listen, it's not my money. They signed him to a five-year deal. It's not my pockets. But enough is enough with this already. Enough is enough with Tibbs. Just get him out of here. You know what? Actually, at this point, because the season's far gone, and that's fine, leave him in, let them lose games, and hopefully they get lucky in the lottery for the first time in who knows how long. But, man, Tibbs needs to go because he has no concept of how to play basketball and how to coach basketball in 2022 and is stuck in 2008. And guess what, Tibbs? That shit doesn't work anymore, all right? Tired of it. I said this before he was hired. I was nervous about this. And yeah, I got swept up in the last year. Last year was awesome. But what have you done for me lately? Not a whole heck of a lot. Not a whole heck of a lot. Uh, a couple of other NBA things now they got that off my chest. Speaking of the Knicks, well, they played the Philadelphia 76ers. And obviously, the Sixers, you know, are like the hot team right now considering that they traded for James Harden you want to see how it fits and the first two games like predictably have gone really really well Harden played well against Minnesota played well against the Knicks the honeymoon phase with James Harden is always that and again yesterday looked great and everybody's gonna bitch and complain about the fouls you know the Knicks were hacking they were hacking they were hacking Harden and they were hacking Joel Embiid and the two of them were dominant against Minnesota, and they were dominant against the Knicks. The early returns are really good. So everybody who's mentioning that to me, because I'm a skeptic, I still am a skeptic. It's like, oh, they're in contention right now. We've seen this before with James Harden. You saw it last year with the Nets, right, where Harden comes out, and people were talking about him being an MVP candidate after he tanked his way out of Houston to get to the Nets, right? We see it again this year. But there's a pattern, right? There's a pattern with James Harden. Because when the going gets tough and something doesn't go his way and the playoff games start getting more magnified, right? Start getting more important, James Harden's stats tail off. And people are going to say, oh, he looks in better shape right now. The mysterious hand injury is gone. The mysterious hamstring injury is gone. And that may well be true. And James Harden should get raked across the coals for being a bullshit professional and, and just not, you know, openly dogging it to get his way. And he shouldn't be rewarded with this, but this is what he does. Okay. This is what he does. He's done it twice in 15 months. And that's just the deal. That's the deal with him. And everybody's telling me it looks great right now. They look like the next Kobe and Shaq. Let's simmer down now. All right. Let's simmer down. Early returns always look good with Arden. And then it's not crunching time. And then those, those monster games of, of 29 and 14 become three for 15 shooting, 11 points, five turnovers, standing around not wanting the ball. And even as well as he played yesterday, you still see it. He refuses to take mid-range shots. He stands. Once he gives up the ball, he stands around and isn't a threat. That is not winning basketball in the playoffs. It's not. We've seen it before and we'll see it again. Now, the difference is this year. The difference is this year is that Joel Embiid may just be good enough where that's not going to matter. And Tyrese Maxey is taking a leap 
And Philly's really dangerous. They are dangerous. And I'm still skeptical of James Harden's ability to be a major contributor to a championship team. So for all of you who are buying Philly stock, I'm shorting. And I just think I have a hunch that I'll be right about this one again this year. One last thing regarding the NBA and another petulant star, uh, the Zion Williamson situation. Okay, this this came out last week, mainly that CJ McCollum, after being traded to the New Orleans Pelicans, hadn't received a call or a text from Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson has basically been absent from the Pelicans all year. He has a foot injury. He's trying to get right. And this is basically like Zion just trying to flex his power to get out of New Orleans. Uh, Again, he's trying to get healthy. But everybody was giving Zion a pass. Like CJ McCollum is a good player. He's also the head of the Players Association. All right. He's a very respected veteran. Okay. If he gets traded to your team to help you, you know, be better next year. I don't care what you're doing. Just reach out with a text. Reach out with a with a phone call. It doesn't take a whole lot, right? Five minutes, not even. Just send a text message. And for everybody who's on Twitter defending Zion Williamson, like we coddle these guys to a point where it's just embarrassing. Like at a certain point, you know, professional athletes are allowed to be held accountable when they screw up, all right? It's insane. Like Zion, I don't care if you want out, right? If you want the illusion of still being invested because you want to hold your cards a little bit closer to the vest in terms of you not totally being out on the New Orleans Pelicans, like just send your boy a text message, okay? And the fact of the matter is the Pelicans have been pretty freaking good. Well, not pretty good, but they've been – 500 team now for a while and are trending upwards recently that they may be able to get in the play-in tournament. And if Zion get, got back healthy and was 85% as good as he was last year, they could be a dangerous play-in team. Just send your boy a text message. And everybody who was like JJ Redick on first take was too tough on Zion. Like get lost, get lost. Just ridiculous. I mean, we're allowed to hold guys accountable when they act like assholes, all right? That should be the standard, the baseline standard. But yeah, Zion Williamson, not a good look for you. And the Pelicans, without you, just beat the Lakers, who are an absolute trash fire right now by 28 points in LA, which was really great. And then they got to trolling them on Twitter today, talking about it in their in their bio, just fantastic, just fantastic. All right, just a couple of... Uh, Quick hitter topics. It's time to bring on a recurring guest to talk about LeBron James and LeBron James acting like, well, LeBron James. And we'll get to him in just a matter of moments. This episode of the For the Love of the Game show is on the Believe Podcast Network is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Tons of people are taking multivitamins, but it is really important to choose the right one and one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and such. 75, 75, that's a lot. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I'm just turned 35. 
I still like to be active. Recovery for me is super important. And that's why you got to try Athletic Greens. It's also a lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It is just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. Just one scoop, cup of water. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and a free travel pack with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's athleticgreens.com slash B-L-E-A-V to take advantage of this promotion. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. This episode is also brought to you by NordVPN. What is more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that face you today when you're on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN service you can get. And that is NordVPN. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe and use promo code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get 70% off your NordVPN plus one additional month free. It's risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN, be safe online. So I know I mentioned the LeBron James situation and the noise he was making about a potential return to Cleveland in the last episode, but I had to talk about it a little bit more than just that. And I have a recurring guest on, a Cavs fan, somebody who grew up in the LA area and now lives in the Midwest, which is important for all the topics that we are going to discuss today. None other than Mr. Israel Tzvikapalik. What's good, buddy? How you doing? Welcome back. Thanks, thanks. Hopefully uh, the ratings didn't tank after last appearance. Sounds like uh, things are going well over there. So happy to happy to be back. Always. Downloads were up last month. That's all that matters. Downloads are up. Things are trending in the right direction. Things are looking up and up. I, we got to talk about this LeBron thing. But first of all, before we do that, all right? Sure. Obviously, I think you're a great Twitter follow. Uh, you are a passionate sports fan, a passionate Cavs fan. Your Cleveland Cavaliers are currently in fourth place. Why are you complaining about the Cavs so much? I am complaining about the Cavs first and foremost because since the last time I was on this pod, our savior Ricky Rubio went down with a torn ACL. So I'm a little bit scared. Tough scene. A little scared to even be here right now, to be honest. Um, We're dealing with a mysterious Darius Garland back bruise for a 22 year old who's been sitting out he sat out games before the all-star break and was a heavy participant at all-star weekend representing cleveland and now he's been out the last two games and he's not playing tomorrow monday night against timberwolves and there's it's getting very tight in the top six obviously that would be a huge just out of nowhere surprise great season for us but if to drop down to that 7-10 spot, just it, it would feel like a letdown, especially if it's this weird injury that they're, we don't know about. Karis LeVert then also got hurt kind of out of nowhere. Now he's gone for two weeks, and we're just really, really depleted. Um, you know, and even though we're in fourth right now, between Toronto, Boston, Brooklyn, and the Cavs, only two of those teams are getting, you know, top six 
so it's going to be tough. And I Brooklyn's scary. And if Kyrie's going to start to have more availability, I, I don't see how they're not making a run into the top six. And it just feels like, you know, if it's not top six, we're likely in, in a bad spot. The guard depth for the Cavs is a problem. We've talked about yeah. it before. It's it's a major problem. Well, what's the latest report on Garland? I mean, you know, they, all-star they said game, it's a, played, and now it's just weird, right? Like, he's been off. He hasn't really played a lot of minutes. Like, what is it? Yeah, no. He's got – they said he's dealing with a bone bruise, which I don't know what that means, but for Where did he sustain that? I don't know. He was already resting before the all-star break, and you would have thought that – I think there was an element of this is his first one. Cleveland's the host. We want to show out. We want to do this right. And I'm sure he was pushing for it. But it's just frustrating that there was not an adult in the room to be like, yo, this is hopefully the first of many. We're trying to do something this year. Are we going to win the title? No. But let's just give it our best shot. And so now that he's on the shelf, there's just so little depth. It's already past the deadline. So either they underestimated how much they needed guard help before. It just feels like something's fishy, and I and I don't I don't like it. But well, considering what your expectations were going into, yeah. this year, you should be fine. Because on the flip side, you could be like me, who roots for a team <laughs> that's one in six in their last seven games when they've held a ten point lead. All right, which is absurd. They start a backup swingman who's in his <laughs> 30s at point guard right when the team hasn't won they've been atrocious so it's time to play the young guys like they gave Je- you know jericho sims a ton of run today before Embiid fouled him out right but no we gotta play a backup swingman 34 minutes recorded six points and no assists all right he's our starting point guard he gets 34 minutes Evan Fournier, by the way, that's Alec Burks I'm talking about. Evan Fournier gets 34 minutes, right? He he shot the ball fine today, but, like, what are we uh, – whatever. I, I'm not even going to – it's the worst. No, so I agree. It could be worse. Don't you about your yeah. Cavs. That's what I do on Twitter. I, I take the heat, but no, I, I where get else it. can I, I – who else wants to hear it? No one, no one wants to hear it anywhere. But if I'm going to put it out anywhere, I'm going to put it there. I'll get some hate. Hopefully I'm wrong. And then we end up coming back and winning the game. I'm a big reverse jinx guy. Sometimes you put it out there, they come back. So I you know, you're, I'm just trying to do from, my part. You're from the Bill Simmons school of Twitter and podcasting, a little reverse <laughs> jinx and, and then things happen. All right. So the big hoopla over all-star weekend was LeBron. LeBron is doing his LeBron thing. You have a history with LeBron James. Um, he opened the door to come back to Cleveland. Obviously, he wants to open the door for any team to to draft Bronny, uh, whether it's in the first round or even the second round. Like yeah. I, that is for sure going to happen. But he opened the door to come back to Cleveland. He's uh, eligible to, I think, sign an extension this offseason. I think he's able to opt out. Why would you, as a Cleveland Cavaliers fan? Why would you even consider, you know, going back in bed with LeBron James after all the crap that he's caused you, after all the crap that he's put the Lakers through, that he did the same thing with the Cavs before he left? Why would you do this again? Listen, at the end of the day, for 
he's he's won me a champ. He's won us a championship, and that and he's taken us to I don't know seven finals between both runs, like in a historically weak East, by the way. Yes, but you the goal is to win a championship. You take him back in a heartbeat. And if, especially if it doesn't even mean giving up assets, like in, in a case where he could just choose to come. And and even if he does, unless you're giving up Mobley or Garland, you're probably trading anybody that or everybody that they ask for. That's just the way it is. You're trying to win a championship. And I in today's NBA, like there's no guarantee that this core of young Cavs continues to progress in a way that they would become legitimate contenders. So if you can slot in a LeBron James who maybe doesn't carry you by himself, but he will make you a, a title contender on day one. And so if the goal is to win championships or even one championship, like you do that in a heartbeat that, and you put up with it. And will it be miserable when he leaves? Of course, but you are giving yourself the best chance to win. And if you don't have to mortgage the future or give away another potential superstar that's just, you know, 15 years younger, you do it, but who knows? I think it's also, it's all posturing to, you know, really push the Lakers. I don't think it really has anything to do with that. Can I play devil's advocate here? All right. Sure. Like he's 30, he's going to be 39 when he could potentially come. All right. This isn't LeBron of five years ago. This isn't LeBron of 10 years ago. I could understand fine. You know what? Like he's a diva. I get it fine. But the talent like outweighs whatever he is as a, as a guy and whatever, you know, baggage that comes with him. I'm not sure that's the case anymore. I, I really don't like you 39. The circus is only getting bigger. Like why you, You've already won a title. You have something good going. Why don't you just try and see that through? Why do you want to decimate all the good things and all the good vibes you have going? Especially after Darius Garland was so proud of saying we're, you know, finally being an all-star named since LeBron James, that they're going to make the playoffs for the first time without a LeBron James team since 1998, I believe, or 97, that they're trying to build their own identity. Like, okay, fine. Why, why would you want to do this again and, and basically why? destroy it? Because your identity will be a team that doesn't win a championship, ultimately. They may be a fun team that, you know, maybe they become like a Portland that, you know, makes a few runs and they have great players, but they're never going to be good enough to win. Yeah, <clears> but you think adding 39-year-old LeBron James is going to automatically – make you good enough to win given the landscape of the league? I'm saying if you don't have to give up Mobley or Garland, and, and this is an, obviously in a situation where LeBron may just choose to come and maybe you have to clear cap, but it's not the same thing as trading away potential superstars. I, I don't I don't think you – I would not trade either Garland or Mobley to do it. But if it's of course LeBron not. choosing to come, how do you say no to that? I, I, we're starting Dean Wade. <laughs> yeah, we're starting – you know, Lamar Stevens, like these guys are great guys, but they're just guys you need. Like if you can add that to, and again, honestly, I think it's LeBron posturing. It's putting pressure on Polinka. Hey, we, we need to see changes. I can really go back to Cleveland. I really could. 
it's not real. It's LeBron playing the games. He's done it with the Cavs. He, you know, he did it with Miami, and he, that's just what he does. It, it is part of the show. But you realize that when he comes, it becomes the LeBron show, right? Like, it's no more about Mobley. It's no more about Garland. It's the LeBron show. And you realize that he would jettison those guys out for, you know, some veteran that can help him win because that's just the way it is. And then you're back to square zero when he retires in two years. I I just don't understand why you would want to do this because you know what's going to (laughs) happen. I think it's that chance at a parade, man. When you know that you can, when you have a, a much, if you can increase your percentage of winning a championship by, I don't know, five, 10% in a year, like those are the risks that like you, if, if you can do it, you just, you, the whole point of this whole exercise is to win championships. It's to get deep in the playoffs. And he has a proven track record of being able to get you there. Let me ask you this from a Lakers standpoint. Uh, You're not a Lakers fan, but you live in LA. You know, a lot of Lakers fans. All right. I think you're, you're pretty qualified in terms of talking about Lakers basketball, the LeBron James experience for the Lakers. You got the Mickey mouse title. And now it's basically been downhill ever since Uh, they traded the farm for Anthony Davis. Who's always hurt and who looks like he has already peaked at like 26 and is on the downside of his career and is generally just a disappointment. Um, He then went all in for what Russell Westbrook, giving up all the assets they had, all the wing depth that they had, uh, because LeBron basically made the move for Westbrook. Um, It hasn't worked. Now LeBron is trying to, you know, is mad at Rob Polinka for not making moves because LeBron basically made it that Polinka has no moves and that they wanted John Wall instead of Westbrook. And now LeBron's got to look Westbrook in the face in the locker room and basically say, "Ah, oh, no, it's, it's, it's all good, bro. Like, so it yielded the Mickey Mouse title. Would you consider this run for LeBron as a Laker, would Laker fans consider this a success? And would they do it again if they had the choice? I mean, it's hard to not consider the fact that they still won a championship more than anything. I think if anything, Laker fans who are just more used to championships could say that, well, we wanted multiple, but their team was going nowhere. The Lonzo, Ingram, Randall, like, were they winning a championship ever? Like, I don't think so. And so to the extent it's all about that, they won one more championship than they would have won had he not come. Uh, and I don't think that there's really any other way to, to qualify it. I mean, but the Laker fan, hold on one second. The Laker fans talk yeah. about how they have so much pride, right? It's Laker Nation, right? That there's that there's an aura about being a Laker, and LeBron James is basically coming and shit all over that. And you don't think that there are some Laker fans that are just like, you know, we wish we didn't have to deal with this crap. And on the you know the heels of the of the Kobe LeBron, that there's always like some divide yeah. between Laker fans. Like you don't think. That Laker fans who pride themselves on on being such a proud franchise that they're like selling themselves to the devil 
yeah, I think there, there is an element to that. Um, that doesn't mean they wouldn't necessarily do it again as fans. We're, we're constantly making deals with the devil if we think it'll get us the ring. You know, you, you embraced A-Rod when it was his turn to win you guys World Series. It just, it is what it is. You know, I, I had Miami Heat fans who were super bitter about LeBron after he left. And I'm like, he won you too. Like, how can you be mad? Maybe as someone like me who had never won a championship, you know, never seen it, my team win a championship till LeBron did it. And so one for me is like the guy is a God forever. Other teams and other fan bases maybe have more dignity than I do. I don't know. As than Cleveland fans do wouldn't shock me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, there's definitely an element of LeBron has come in and essentially made his, made himself a hired gun to come in and, you know, infiltrate your franchise, do things his way. And if you are a proud franchise with other you know, history to, to turn back on, you know, he has kind of just railroaded that and made it about him. So I've been okay with that because I really truly had no other, you know, glory days to fall back on, but I could see Laker fans in that for sure. I know he fans who were jaded about it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I could see that part. I don't know whether they would not take it, the championship, but I could see them being pretty resentful on the way out. I just, I get it. You hadn't seen a title in your lifetime as a Cleveland sports fan. But now that you've gotten it, you're still in your grace period. Like, I know you want to win it again, and everybody wants to win it again. But just why do you want to do it to yourself again? Because you know the pain would come. And it would be worse this time because he's older and he's not as good. Dude, it's... To be able to go on Fanatics and buy championship gear six years later, that's why you do it. You just – you don't forget the parade, uh, uh, the flying to the games and the finals. Like you – it when you see how rare it is and how much has to go right for your team to consistently be there, that's why you will do anything to get back there. I, I just I just expect a little bit more of – of self-respect from the Laker fans and dignity and self-dignity. Like just, it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. The other question I wanted to ask you is you've you grew up in LA. You now live in the Midwest in Chicago. You are a Cleveland sports fan. We've had this debate for a while, but I want you to chime in. And I've, you know where I stand on this, but LA as a sports town, your thoughts from somebody who grew up there. I think LA has very, and I'm an attorney too. So obviously I'm going to be careful here on how I word this. Um, <laughs> LA has very serious fan bases for certain franchises that are each in their own right, very strong. And I would say, Dodger fans, Laker fans, Kings fans, those are diehard fan bases. Do they collectively make a city into a sports town? I don't know. I don't know exactly what that means. I, I know that the Chicago landscape here is when there's any, when the team is rolling and in Chicago, there's multiple franchises in both uh, in baseball and so there's, there is kind of a, there is an inner city divide still, 
but like that takes over the city in a way that's like kind of nauseating but it's also like because it, it's, it's part it's of the intense. fabric Every, of the yeah, city yeah there are multiple you know areas of downtown that are just literally dedicated to any night sports games you know i'm talking now about like wrigley the wrigley field area which yeah whether or not it's baseball season or not you could go down there and there will be 20 bars with college college games on whatever sports game is on is any field is on and they're packed sluggers a place like sluggers is always packed right you can't get in there yeah you can't get in there like okay on an nfl sunday right yeah is that area not completely yeah it's a total zoo it's a zoo you got every yeah you got the big 10 bars you got the every single college saturday is crazy down there and Again, I, I don't – I think LA, in my view, and I ha- obviously I haven't lived there as, like, a true adult, but it's just never really – like, there's always just too much other stuff going on to care about sports, like, as a city in a way that I think these other more – It's not you – know, you're right. It's downtrodden not – Downtrodden cities. It's not a fabric – it's not in the yeah. fabric of the city. It's an event city with – really passionate Laker fans, right? Like that's what defines Los Angeles. There's yeah, but there I mean I'm torn. There's like the Dodger fan is like there those are real fans. No, like, I'm, not saying, that, I'm not saying that they are yeah. the Kings fans low key are you know one of the better hockey fan bases yeah. in the hockey fan base landscape. But not it's right. not a sports city. They they don't it, it's not in the in the core of the city. If you can go to the beach 90% of the year, it's not in the core of the city. It's just not. You saw with the, you yeah. saw with like the NFL is king, right? You saw with the NFL just now. The Rams yeah. won a Super Bowl. And it, there was no juice. Yeah, no, I mean it's I think for some reason it just people like want to fight on this as if like it means you're detracting from their specific fandom. So no, you know, I'm they not. Put, I, I know, that- I know, but I think that's why you're not you never get anywhere on this because it to people who are saying thinking, you know, Tobin is saying I'm not a fan because I live in this city, which he is saying is not a sports city, and so you're. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I, I hear you know exactly where I'm going because we're in the same WhatsApp group with a bunch of LA yeah. guys who, and LA guys get real sensitive about this. It's not that I'm saying that you guys aren't sports fans. Some of them are not, yeah. by the way. All right. Like, I mean, there's levels to this. There's sickos like yeah. me and you, and then there's yeah. some of the other dudes. Like, for example, and, and again, things get lost in translation in a WhatsApp thread. Like, I, I, state my case and shout out to Ellie Javenfard <laughs> and his responses. Cause he didn't read, you know, the reading comprehension is not great, but again, it's a WhatsApp thread. So things get lost in translation, bro. The Lakers are King here where I already said it's an events town with really passionate Lakers fans. That defines the city, bro. Lakers are, ki- are, are Kings here. It's like, I, I understand that doesn't make it a sports city. Like, you can't compare it to New York, Chicago, even Cleveland, right? 
you know, Boston, Pittsburgh, yeah. like those are sports cities where like the fabric of the city for better, for worse is defined by the success of the sports teams. <laughs> and it, and you know, and it just means yeah. more. It does. I hear what you're saying. I don't disagree. I just don't, I don't know. I just think you're never going to win this battle. It's maybe you're not trying to win. I don't know. I'm not trying to win. I'm, I'm just stating a, <laughs> a basic fact, right? A basic fact. And it's just like, it's, um, it's just really, really frustrating watching it unfold. Uh, okay. One last thing before I let you go, I kind of brought you on yeah. impromptu, uh, for the, this episode. Our, our alma mater, Yeshiva University, yeah. Maccabees, you know, had set a record for D3 win streak, then had a little yeah. bit of a cold spell, got kind of exposed by a couple of really good teams in D3, have rebounded, and now have won the Skyline Conference again. They are heading to the... You know, the national D3 championship, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament for D3. Big dance. The big dance. The small dance. I don't know the what small, they call it. Yeah. The big, <laughs> the big small dance that if they had it two years ago, which probably had their best team, they could have easily won the whole thing that was canceled due to COVID. Yeah. And last year, same thing. This iteration of YU basketball, is this the greatest thing to ever happen to the school? In the history of the school, in terms of publicity, in terms of, you know, you know, just the talk about it, you know, in the news, on the Twitter sphere. I mean, we had heavy hitters at the game today. Enos Cantor's at the game today. Amari Stoudemire was at the game today. Bonnie Bernstein was at the game, you know, the last game. Like, this is real stuff now. The publicity is real. Yeah. We got, yeah, we got owners, we got players. It's uh yeah, it's a moment where we're it's it's cool. I mean, the why Maccabees came on the scene, you know, they had some viral videos, but I think this is probably taken over in terms of pride of the school. Um, yeah, I mean, what else were we known for before this? It was like getting swindled by the you know Madoff endowment. So I'll, I'll take this over that. Um, and yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's fun to watch. We obviously were kind of in the same crew at school, played a lot of ball you know, interacted with guys on the team and, you know, we always thought they were good. And I think this team just is, you know, whatever reason found its groove, they, they've been playing together a bunch between Halpert, uh, Lightford and, and Terrell. So they, you know, they've got this consistency and it seems like they've bought in in a way that has been hard to do maybe in prior decades. Um, and also well, maybe the probably beneficial. Better. The coaching is right. infinitely better. You know, Elliot, and yeah, you could talk about the defense that that the defensive rotations aren't super sophisticated and they get exposed on defense. But you know, YU's had a lot of talent in the in the past. Like you know, the year that I practiced with the team, yeah, it, it's your Bald was great. You know, you know, David Shallowitz was great. Like two of their best players That's in awesome. history. Your brother, when he when he really tried and and cared, was really really good. Um, but the coach stymied their talent, right? Stymied their talent and and uh, the free-flowing offensive system that uh, Steinmetz runs is just – it accentuates the players. It gives them confidence, and, and it lets them play a certain style that is so much better to play 
as a player. And right. you can just tell that the confidence is, is through the roof. So the coaching has gone up tenfold, right? But also, you know, the talent on this team is, is better than it's ever been, right? Yep. Like Ryan Terrell is by far the best player the school's ever He's seen. Awesome. Like it's not even close, right? And Gabe yep. Leifer is one of the three or four best players that the school's ever seen. Like it, it's it's comical. And, you know, the fact that there were NBA scouts there, and I've been on yep. this kick for a while, and you know this. I've been on this yep, kick yep, yep. saying that, you know, he's going he's gonna to play summer league this year. Like that's a that's a next level athlete. That's a next level yeah. talent. That's a next level ball player. And I, I know I'm bagging on him, and I like the guy, but I'm bagging on him a lot lately. Like Ellie Javinfard, shout out to him. I'm telling you, it's not because I don't like the guy, but he's just you know a little delusional when he says that I I played against Ryan Terrell in in a pickup run in LA Fitness, and he didn't impress me. It's like because he wasn't fucking trying dude like like if he doesn't if he doesn't dribble inside the paint more than five times because he doesn't want to get hurt playing against your bum ass like he's not trying like what are we talking about here whatever i just it, it's it's been a joy to watch like it's really incredible yeah i know i mean i, I think all the the whatever happens with him next i don't know i'm not i'm not super convinced i don't necessarily need to be it's not you know, I'm not a talent evaluator, but I, I struggle to see him on that on the highest stage. It seems like there's some middle mid level, you know, whether it's pro overseas, it don't be somewhere where he can be played paid to play basketball. It seems, um, but well, I think well, now it's think more about enjoying to play in Israel. Yeah, or like that, yeah, that's, that's the Europe. logical. That's the logical landing spot but i i think it's you know to think that in, in our chat when we're talking about him getting nba looks like jonathan gavoni was there today he's a draft yeah, analyst. you know he's a, yeah. he's a draft analyst for espn right and draft express like he's yeah. getting nba looks so everybody was telling me that i'm crazy like i he's gonna play in a, on a he's gonna get invited to a summer league camp now whether he makes a roster or not is I mean, that's yeah, like a next level, but you know, to play summer league ball, that means you're 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 pretty freaking good. Oh yeah, you're in the top top one percent of one percent of all basketball players in the country. You know, uh, if he if he got drafted in the second round, what would your reaction be? Dude, he's I don't. Hey, he's not. But I don't think he's crazy. either. It'd but I'm just saying, it'd be crazy. Dare to dream for a sec. Yeah, no, it'd be crazy. Dude, my uh, my dare to dream right now is that I plan to go to Fort Wayne for the Final Four. I've already got some people in Chicago that are willing to, like, party bus it with us. We're going to try to go. So we just got to get there, though. Fort Wayne, Indiana is not too far. We're already trying to make some plans. That, that That's my that's my contribution to this run. If we can get there, I plan to be there and supporting our squad. I'll be wearing whatever YU Max gear, Ari McGillnick, shout out, gave me when he was my roommate. Um and, you know, that's – we just got to be there for these kids. They're, they're playing their hearts out. They, they feel like they're probably, in a lot of ways, the, you know, the weight of the world is on their shoulders representing a whole people. So, you know, it's, it's awesome. They're, they're, it seems like they're a fun group. They play together. They play hard. And, you know, now that they're back in it, I feel like they kind of have that chip again on their shoulder. Like they had a couple 
you know, they had that skid, they lost to, you know, the powerhouse that came in and now it's like, all right, we, we know who we are. They bounce back, beat another ring team towards the end of the season, ran a table here in the tourney. And now they have a shot. Like hopefully the seating works out, but I don't know. I just, I, I'm, so, I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks. So the bracket hasn't come out yet. And shout out yeah. to uh, one of my favorite Twitter followers, Bob Quellen on Twitter. What a, what a legend he yeah, is. He's a good, he's a guy. Big, yeah. Gotta give him a big shout, big shout. Hopefully I can have him on the show coming up soon, but he, they're going to go, you know, they're going to be on the road, right? They're not going to be one of the higher seeds because of the way three, right. yeah. you know, tournament goes, but why can't they make a run? Like two years yeah. ago, they yeah. made a run to the sweet 16. Like does, does them going, you know, playing basically on the road, does that like scare you? I, I don't know. I think they could easily do it. Yeah. And also I think like, especially if you're playing like in a neutral site, I think at least initially they, they would get hosted, but at some point, like if it's neutral, like in some way, some of these guys might play better, like being in, you know, MSAC is it could be tight. You know, it can make you a little tight. It, I mean, there's obviously like a feeling of home cooking, but like, you know, there's also a little bit of an element of extra pressure knowing that you're in front of you, all your people, you know, and sometimes being on the road in a kind of more neutral spot, you know, it might just make you play a little bit less tight, at least to start off the game. So I'm here for it, man. Sometimes it's, when, when the bracket comes out, it's all going to be about matchups, you know, who can, who do we match up well with it? And if the bracket is doable, like let's just, let's just win the whole whole damn thing let's do it do you have a plug for uh the scarf that amari stoudemire was wearing today you have a plug i didn't see i didn't see i said what does farm sell though what, what's uh what's what's the sweater oh yeah he had some some yu swag he had like this scarf uh, going i was like dude like what's going on here like, <laughs> like what's happening it's crazy oh, uh, crazy that alley-oop today i'm convinced yeah. that that is the greatest moment in the history of Yeshiva University as an institution. You can't <laughs> you tell me otherwise. Is it going to be on SportsCenter? That's a real question. Better be we on SportsCenter. Yeah. Our, 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 guy, our guy Bobby Q better have enough pull and tweeting it out enough where it catches the eye of Scott <laughs> Van Pelt. Yes, SPP. Definitely. All right, so before I let you go, Cavs, do they stay in the top six or do they fall? I think they, I think they fall. I think they're in seven or eight. So they would only need to win one game, I guess, to get in. I don't think they'd go nine, 10. And some of it's just the, un, uh, the lack of clarity about Garland. If it's any kind of prolonged absence, I think it's definitely seven, eight. If he's back relatively quick, maybe they can rattle off a couple wins against really bad teams without him. But it's tough, man. They scored 92 points the other night against the Washington Wizards on a back-to-back. They won, but, like, 92 points. Yeah, you're a little salty during that game. You're a little salty. Yeah. Wizards were coming off a back-to-back in double OT, and it took us everything we had. And it's fine. We we literally have four first guards were all out. But if that's what's going to be every night, like, you're just going to be scratching and clawing, it's not going to be so simple. And are you – and – prediction are you going to do another roll in the hay with lebron james and sell your soul again not now maybe we do like uh maybe it's after the next one like he will probably do one last year with the Cavs. 
I think it'll be when he knows he's already more washed than not washed. And so maybe it's just like, a, will be the old guy. If he does, if he goes that route, if he goes the Vince Carter route, or if he goes the Kobe AI route and just retires as soon as he realizes like he's not good. Um, you know what I mean? Like if I could, I could see him coming back in some capacity as like a, a role guy, if he ever accepts that, but again, that'll oh, be yeah, like, cause, cause he'll ever accept that. <laughs> The uh, biggest egomaniac that has ever lived. Yeah, he's going to accept that. In any in any championship caliber level is still in there. I don't think he's he's not coming back for us. All right. Well, Spico was fun to catch up. I, I hope for your sake that you don't root for a team that has LeBron James on it again. Uh, and let's go, Max. Man, best moment let's in the go. school's history happened today. Dunk face city. <laughs> For now, for now. Hopefully we're creating new memory, new best moments in the coming weeks. You know it. You know it. I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much for hopping on, bud. Speak to you. All righty. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Thanks again to recurring guest Speaker Pollock for coming on late notice, talking a little bit about the Cavs, a little bit about LeBron James. I can't believe he'll fall for it again if it ends up happening. Terrible. Have some self-respect, bro. Uh, talking a little Yeshiva University Maccabees basketball. National tournament coming up. First round against Johns Hopkins. Let's get this win. That's episode 146. One last thing. For all those who are going to tell me I was too hard on R.J. Barrett, I like R.J. Barrett, but just remember, I'd still trade him tomorrow for Donovan Mitchell. And again, that's episode 146 for the love of the game. Take us out soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.